In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. He is in every shot. That's okay. That's okay. It really is okay. But that's not what it's for. But it's okay. When I first became Orthodox, and uh, let me, I'll make that a little broader, uh, when those of us particularly who were studying every single day about what this whole Orthodox faith was about and what the Divine Liturgy in particular was about, because that's, that's, the, that's just the top. And we studied every single word of the liturgy. If Father John Finley were here today, he was just a, a really instrumental part of that. Father Jack Sparks, particularly, that's what he was supposed to focus on. He was focusing on the liturgical aspects of the church and particularly the liturgical aspects of the liturgy. So, when I started going to Orthodox churches... I was shocked about two things, two things particularly, just, I just couldn't understand it. One, and I won't deal with that today at all, was I discovered that in some Orthodox churches, almost no one received communion. And I just didn't understand it. Because from what we understood, everybody received communion unless there was a problem. And if there was a problem, it was pretty obvious. If you didn't receive communion, you'd done something really bad. The second thing that particularly shocked me was that when they got to the spot in the liturgy where the priest said, Christ is in our midst, nobody did anything at all unless there were two priests or unless the bishop was there. Nobody did anything. It was just Christ is in our midst. He is never shall be. The people didn't say anything. Nothing happened. Well, you know, I was just, I was shocked by it. Now also, when, as we were studying this, we did some really weird stuff. I don't know if you call it weird, but uh, there are a number of you here today who were priests in our house churches. And, you know, we'd come for what we've done up until now, uh, and then after the homily, we'd go to the house churches. And when we got to the place in the liturgy that is called the peace, the priest said a particular thing, which I will try to say, and I may need some help from those of you who did this, but we would get to this place in the liturgy called the peace. Now, every, I may exaggerate here because I don't know everything. Uh, I hate to confess that I don't know everything, but there's one or two things I've probably missed. But virtually every single liturgical church has this peace in the liturgy. This peace, it's called the peace. The liturgy has pieces. P-I-C-E-S-E-S. But every liturgy has the peace. Uh, it may be in a different spot in the liturgy. The Lutherans, uh, the Lutherans have the peace in the liturgy. The Episcopalians have the peace in the liturgy. The Roman Catholics have the peace 
in the liturgy. And of course, we have the peace in the liturgy. That is this little thing we do, this part of the liturgy we call the peace. Well, now, help me a little bit, but I think it went something like this. We are a reconciled people. God the Father has reconciled us to himself through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's our little help. Did we say, therefore, let us be reconciled? And we are also reconciled one to another. Now, why on earth would we do this? We do this in the liturgy because what is happening at that point? Now, Father Nicholas, I'm getting old and it's been four years since I was the boss. We do that today. Do we do the peace today? Because what we've been doing is Christ is in our midst. But now today we begin, what is it? Christ is in our midst. And what are we doing? We are expressing corporately, we are expressing together that we are a reconciled people and that we are therefore, we had the word therefore in there. Now, I'm not suggesting this ought to be in the liturgy. I think it was a tutorial for us. Uh, it was a little pedagogical exercise for us as we were on our journey. We needed that. Uh, but what we are expressing, that there are no clouds in our sky between us and God, therefore, let us be reconciled. Therefore, we are reconciled one to another. Now, why does it occur in the spot in the liturgy? And uh, there's some, you know, if you read liturgical books, you'll find out there are reasons why different communions put it in the liturgy in a slightly different spot. Uh, we, it, it, in our understanding of that peace, the peace, the peace, our understanding is, is that we are on this wondrous progression on our way up to and through Holy Communion. It is incredibly important, number one, that we be reconciled to God. God the Father is reconciled to us to himself. Through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not reconciled to God, you've got no place in this chalice. There's just no place for you. If you it, the chalice is only for those who are reconciled to God. That's pretty obvious, is it not? Now, also, at the same time, therefore, because we are a reconciled people, we need to be sure and express that we are reconciled. I need to be sure that I am reconciled to Deacon Richard. It's something I love here. I, I've enjoyed it so much as I've come back. See, I've been, I was gone so long and often I, was, I didn't have any deacons. I was the only priest. 
And uh, what I love here is when the deacons come in, the, the deacons that aren't serving, when they uh, go into the altar and the priests that aren't serving go into the altar, that they, they exchange that peace that, uh, amongst themselves. Because it is unthinkable that we would approach the altar or the chalice not reconciled. It's unthinkable. How could we possibly imagine it in our wildest dream? Therefore, what has so often happened is exactly what we witnessed when we first became Orthodox, that it wasn't done. Now, there's some good reasons, and I'm going to work on those for just a moment. It was easy, initially, to be reconciled with one another. I mean, we were a, we were a scraggly bunch bumbling around Isla Vista. We had no idea what we were doing except God was doing something with us. And we had endured a lot, and we, we were just together. And I remember there was at one time there were a hundred, I counted us, 175 of us between the end of IV and the church in a two-block area. The kings were not in that. <laughs> they were off to the ocean. But just in the two blocks, there were 175 of us. And it was so easy to be reconciled. I mean, we were, everything was new. Everything was fresh. It is easy for a married couple in the bliss of the honeymoon to be utterly reconciled with each other. It's only after the kids are messing their britches and barfing and burping and doing all that stuff and and where life gets complicated, that we start snipping at each other, or where we truly indeed offend each other, and we become unreconciled and sometimes even estranged. I think there, there, I believe there is actually wisdom in parishes where nothing happens at the peace except the priest says Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Because there would be an incredible hypocrisy. Now, because people aren't reconciled as time goes by, it becomes much more difficult to stay reconciled because we tend to offend each other. I discovered in my life that I happen to be a rather offensive person. <laughs> I thought I was so lovable. Now, I'm serious about this part. I'm serious. It didn't occur to me that I wasn't offensive. And I had to come to terms with that without even thinking. I offend people. I kind of don't mean to, but I just do it. We tend to, little barriers build up between us and they increase. And particularly, even as people are added, you see, it, when, 
when you bring a new child into the family, it's really not too difficult for that little baby to be loved. But when you bring a new family or a new person into the life of the church, it takes some work at integrating those people into the life of the church. And we don't even know people. My biggest problem in coming back to St. Athanasius caused, it was at the peace because I didn't know and still don't know who many of you are. How can I be reconciled to you if I don't know who you are? Father Richard Ballou used to have a, he had a major rule amongst others. He had a lot of rules about what, how he thought a priest should behave and what he should do. But he said, I want to know the first name, the middle name, and the last name of everybody in my parish. That's a good starting point. So for this peace, this Christ is in our midst, he is and ever shall be, it is important that as new people come into the parish, and there's new people here today, it's really important that they be brought in, that they be brought into the family, the family of Christ, this place where Christ is in our midst. It is so critical that they be brought in. Otherwise, Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. I'll tell you what it is. Now, this I don't like. It's so, how you doing today? Or if you're a visitor. Ah, you know, good morning. My name's Father John. Nice to have you here today. That's not what it's about. <laughs> it's not high. Worse than that, what are you doing after church? Are you going to watch the game? That's not what it's about. As the priest, uh, you know, every priest has his quirks. I've got a bucket load of quirks. As the priest, one of my quirks was, I got to the place where I was almost unreconciled to the people in the church because of all the chatter that went on during the Christ is in our midst. <laughs> when we get to the peace, uh, the thing I, I, one thing I love about being retired, sort of, uh, I don't sort of love this, but I, I like being retired, but I like to sit next to my wife. And when we get to the peace, to whom do I turn first? I'm going to turn to her first. Because if I am not reconciled to her, then I might as well walk out of the place. And that's where I'm going to start. Secondly, if I've got any of my children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren in the place, I'm going to make sure, even if I can't get to them all, but I better make sure... And I do, I honestly do. Am I reconciled to everyone in my own family? Is there a cloud in the sky that I know of between us? The peace, that is the P-E-A-C-E, is an expression that we are a reconciled people, reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. So that as we approach the altar, 
we come, here's the gospel today, as one. We come as one. If we're not reconciled, we're not one. Is that simple enough? If we are not reconciled, we aren't one. Let us stand aright, let us stand with fear, let us in, uh, that we may offer the holy oblation and peace. We do this, it's we who offer it, it's not the priest who does this. It's we who do it, with him, or with them. We do this, and we come not reconciled, and even consciously reconciled, I will actually go through in my mind in the peace. Is there anybody in here with whom I'm not reconciled? And if there is, I figure, well, I better do something about it. So let's talk for just a couple of minutes about what do you do about it if you're not reconciled. First of all, it's possible that there's somebody in here that you don't like. Not only that you don't like, but you got a bone to pick. You've been offended by them. That's very possible, probable. It's easy. How do you fix that? It is okay on occasion. It's okay to go to that person. It's okay to go to that person and say, I think there's something wrong between us. It's okay. You say, Father John, you don't sound super enthusiastic about that. I am if things are normal. Very often, what you need to do, and this I'm pretty emphatic about, is start with him. Start with Father Nicholas. You can start with any of the priests, but since he's the senior priest, he's the shepherd of the flock, go to him and say, I'm not reconciled with so-and-so. Something's wrong between us. Why do I say that? Because sometimes the attempt at reconciliation makes the estrangement worse. <laughs> or sometimes I might go to somebody and say, you know, I think there's a problem between us. And the answer would be, what do you mean there's a problem between us? I don't see anything wrong at all. Now I'm even madder. I'm serious. You, you understand that, don't you? I'm, I'm even more offended because all of a sudden you dumped the whole thing on me. And it was you who offended me in the first place. <laughs> so sometimes it's critical. Now, he may say, go to Father John, go to Father Jim, go, you know, go to Father uh, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, there's so many priests, I can't remember their names. <laughs> so it's often extremely important in, the ex in my personal experience, it has proven most helpful in any serious problem. Start with a priest. You know, well, you can't do this anymore. Well, you, you could. It, it, Though this, we set, we're set up a little differently. Often it started with going to a deacon. It started with going to the deacon. And the deacon was your advocate. It wasn't your enemy, it was your advocate. So you went to your deacon, or deaconess, and you went to that person and you said, I think I got a problem with so-and-so. And then the deacon, as your advocate, 
would either get you to the priest or things get worked out. You've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. There were many, many Sunday mornings when the phone would ring somewhere between 6.30 and 9 where somebody said, I can't go to church today. I can't go to the liturgy because I'm not reconciled with so-and-so. Can we do something before church? And we did. Now, sometimes it's more complicated than that. Sometimes it takes time. But so critical when we, critical in the sense of so vital, so important, that when we get to the peace, that what we are expressing in here is that we are a reconciled people. And God the Father has reconciled us to himself through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us express our reconciliation one with another, because in this world... Sometimes it's not so much that people aren't irreconciled, it's not even an issue. They don't even know each other. They only know each other online. It's not real. There's no relationship. There's nothing to estrange because there's nothing established. So, when you get, when you get today, when we get, Two, Christ is in our midst. Now, don't feel super guilty today. Uh, don't feel super guilty if you say, hello. <laughs> but just understand what you are doing. You are saying, I am reconciled to God. That's why we get reconciled to each other. You see, we start with our being reconciled to God. And then, because of that, we are reconciled one to another. If you try to start it the other way around, it doesn't work. You have to start with, we're reconciled to God. Therefore, we're reconciled to one another. So today, how are you going to do this when you get to the peace? I want you to think consciously in your mind that I am reconciled to God. Does that make you feel good? Have you ever felt estranged from God? Now, I'm going to tell you there are many times that I feel estranged. I like to say I just did something stupid. Stupid in that case is more than likely a euphemism for the word sin. I really did, I really sinned. Grievously. And I feel it inside. I confess it, but then I say, but I am reconciled to God. That's where it begins. Now, I am reconciled with whomever. There may have been a near reconciliation, whether it's God or another person. So at Christ is in our midst. Number one, when you say he is and never shall be, you're expressing reconciliation. Number two, if you're not reconciled, do something about it. Do something about it. And I would actually encourage today, go to your priest. 
say, I'm not reconciled. Let's make sure we get in together. And number three, as new people come into the family, get to know them. Reach out so that they become so clearly a part of the family where we can understand that we are reconciled to each other. So Christ is in our midst.